Hello, hello, NFA Money Mamas. Welcome back for another week of the Woman Entrepreneur Podcast. Today, we're doing a biz breakdown session. I know how much you love these because they bring so much gold. I'm always so appreciative of the women who choose to come on and share their business building journey with us, asking for tips and advice and also sharing their tips and advice. And you're going to get a ton of value today because we have a kick-ass woman entrepreneur who has just broken through the six-figure mark. And this is a big deal. Woo, 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 Miranda. <laughs> so we're going to talk about all things awesome on LinkedIn. Her business is actually called LinkedIn Awesomeness. So we have Miranda Von Fricken on the show today, and we're going to have a really fun conversation, talk about what zone of manifestation she's in and give her some tips. And she's also going to share some of her tips about how to scale to six figures. Welcome to the show today, Miranda. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, this is fun. So we met, most of you know that I love Instagram. So we met on Instagram. Interestingly, you'll like this, Miranda, because I just started reaching out to people on LinkedIn as well. And had some really good responses. I'm like, oh, I kind of left LinkedIn for a while and I'm back hanging out there more. So it's been fun to watch the difference there with, you know, different things that I put out and different responses on Instagram versus LinkedIn. So, you know, we'll, we'll dig, dig into that as we go. I love hearing it though. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's start with this. If I could give you a magic wand and I love that we're at the end of 2022. And actually when this episode number 37 gets released, it will be 2023. So let's pretend I could give you a magic wand and you could create anything you want in 2023 and you're sitting on your couch at the end of 2023 going like, yes, I created this. What would that be? <sighs> so many things, but I'll, I'll keep <laughs> focused, right? So in the end of 2023, I would like to be sitting on my couch with a fire roaring and I can say to myself that I took the entire December off because I front stacked my awesomeness in the beginning of the year. <laughs> And I was just so systematic and structured and just focused that I was able to hit my goals prior to the end of the year. So December can be a complete relaxation. Love that. Dang. That's, that's good because it aligns so many goals throughout the year, right? And it yes. keeps you really focused and, and in action throughout the year. Um, okay. That's, that's awesome. That's a, that's a fun one for us to look at. Um, do you, how long have you been in business? So I've had, I had a side hustle. It's been up for about like 10 years and then it's been the last four years. It's been full time. So okay. I was in corporate America doing a side hustle, speaking and coaching. Um, and then after a position elimination, I took it full time. Wow. Okay. So it was <laughs> somewhat by choice also by circumstances. I think the universe helped me out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love how that works because I hear that from so many people. It's I call it the curse of the comfort zone when mm. you're pretty comfortable in your cush job and you're like, hey, I'm getting paid pretty well, yet it's not the freedom I want. And it's hard to take the leap when you're really comfortable. And so you're going to laugh. So that not only is that true, but I was position eliminated four times in a row, four different organizations in a matter of three years. And I remember after the third one, I said, oh, all right, God, I hear you. <laughs> If this one doesn't work out, I'm going full time. And it was just fear that held me back. Comfort zone, 401k, all that stuff, right? Um, yeah. And then after four months at that last job, I finally, it was, they sold the company, got rid of all the newbies. I was one of them and I knew it was coming anyway, but it was, it was nice to know that I had given it my all at the organization 
And then it just wasn't meant for me. And I knew it anyway. I just wasn't listening, right? Yeah. So when the universe knocks, you don't answer. It will bust down the door. It keeps knocking, but it, the knocks get louder, louder. and harder. <laughs> <laughs> I had on a mastermind the other day. It was so great. One of my women said, you know, that's like the universe hitting you with a two by four. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and it does feel that way. And it, it really is when you're on this is what's really cool actually about manifesting is that when you're on track in a direction that you say that you want to go and your subconscious is aligned, but you've got some fear going on, it might take you a little bit longer, but the universe will keep knocking you down to get you into alignment, which is the opposite. When you're doing things that aren't aligned, it, you have a different experience, you know? And so I think when you go, Oh, I'm ready for my business, but I'm a little scared to take the leap sometimes big cataclysmic events will happen and, and losing a job. It depends on how you look at it and how much savings you have and all those things. Like it can be the greatest gift that you've right. ever received. I didn't and, have any savings, but it was still a gift. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and it's because it shakes it up and it causes you to go, Oh my God. I, okay. It's time. Go time. Let's do it. Okay. So that whole 10 years, were you working with LinkedIn? So I actually used LinkedIn. I, I was in higher education. I was a career director. I used LinkedIn to connect my students to professionals in the area. So yeah, I was using it, but it was a totally different platform back then. It was a resume. Oh, yeah. It was like a Rolodex, you know, like almost like the white pages or something. So um, yeah, I used it though to still upload their resumes to connect them to other leaders who just happened to be on the platform too. Um, and then after that, I transitioned into um, a tech organization where I did a lot of talent acquisition. So I utilized LinkedIn for recruiting purposes and to create a brand for the company to magnetize them essentially to draw in more employees, you know, potential employees. Um, and from that point forward, I started actually creating my own personal brand. People were attracted to my energy on the platform and it was different. Nobody was really doing anything like fun or taking photos of the organization and the culture and sharing their, like their experience about the organization. And people would literally come to my page and see what we were doing that week. Like what was, cause I was in HR. So we did a lot of cultural events and stuff. Although I was still trying to recruit, but I used the other side of what we were doing to draw them in on LinkedIn. And then LinkedIn came to visit me actually at my organization. They said, what are you doing over there? You know, let's your you know, followers are growing very fast. And we started buying ads as the organization. And they wanted to see what I was up to. So it was pretty cool. They came, they visited, I got all the swag. And then from that point forward, I was like, all right, I'm going, I'm going hard. Yeah. And then it became my jam. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's a cool story. I love that. So I'm curious, what did it take growth wise for LinkedIn to notice you at that point? I only had 4,000 followers at the time. Okay. It wasn't even a lot, but back then, so that was probably in 2017. Okay. Um, back then it was like 4,000 was a decent number, right? Four yeah. or 5,000 people. It's like, wow, you know that many people. Um, I didn't, it was, I was probably trying to recruit that many people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I knew some of them, of course, coworkers, stuff like that, but it was growing and they were just curious. And I was sharing like my experience on the platform too, which they really liked. Um, and then content on the platform started getting more personal. And then I was, it was just off to the races for me at that point. Yeah. Well, I, your brand is so playful. I mean, for everyone watching on YouTube, uh, I'm just going to pull up her website so you can see it like, okay, so I'm going to explain <laughs> it to the people who are just listening on the podcast on the top. It says the inspired LinkedIn, the inspired hustle, the inspired mastermind, and it's pink with confetti. And it's just really, really playful and fun. You know, and it says, yay, I'm so happy you're here. 
uh, take bold action, elevate your brand. If you're ready to reconnect with for higher purpose and get inspired once again, then you're in the right place. And you'll just you can just see Miranda's personality shining through. I really love that. So good. So for anyone listening, if you go to Miranda von fricken.com and check her out. And then also her LinkedIn handle is the same. It's for Miranda von fricken. So that's M I R A N D A and then von V O N fricken F R I C K E N. So check her out. Really, really cool stuff. Um, you know, I want to ask in terms of breaking through to six figures, was this a goal that you had created at the beginning of 2022? So it was a goal. The, the minute I set, when I knew I wasn't going back to corporate, I okay. made over six figures in corporate and I wanted to get back that salary as quick as possible. Right. So my husband didn't freak out <laughs> so we can pay our mortgage. I've got two yeah. kids in college. So I, I needed to get that back year one. I didn't do it. Of I mean, of course, year one is like, you know, half freaking out, half making money. Um, but as time progressed, um, I would make more and more every year. And Technically, so this is, I think, my third year full time. I kind of went quarter time because it was over the pandemic. So I was homeschooling my third grader at the time. Yeah. So there really was no full time. It was there was no other corporate job or any other salary coming in. So it was just my business for me. Um, but this is actually the second full year of legit full time. Right? Okay. So, but full time to me, I'm still only working like 30 hours because I create my yeah. own schedule. I do what I want. Yes. <laughs> and I don't want to work all the time. But yeah, so this was the first year I hit um, over six figures in, it's obviously it's December 20th right now when we're recording, but I hit this in November, early November. Nice. So, and I didn't plan to take the month off. It was just like, oh, I probably could have done that. But so that's why it's my goal for next year. Yeah. But it was yeah. the first time I hit over six figures and I beat my salary and I just think it's it just finally like almost like legitimizes myself as a business owner that yeah. I can, you know, pay myself what the big boys paid me. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm curious how that feels. You know, my audience knows I went from food stamps to six figures in my first year of business and I killed myself to do yeah. it. Like that first year I hustled and it was really, I put the goal out there at the beginning of the year that I was going to do it. And I was about, I was far into the year and it was not looking like it was going to happen. I was like, Oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I just kept trusting and doing what I was doing. And I ended up with a joint venture that brought me a whole bunch of one-on-one -on -one clients. Nice. And so it worked really well and I worked hard. And so every year I've worked less and worked less and worked less. And I haven't increased my income that like my, uh, my overall income much, but I've increased my payouts because I work less and make more. And so it's been an interesting journey of learning that process of working less. So I love that you said you reverse engineer and design from that place yeah. of going, hey, I work for myself. I'm going to work 30 hours a week, not 60. Were you working when you were in corporate? Were you working a lot of hours or was it? Not 40? really. Just like 40. 40. It was okay. human resources. So we were pretty much like we'd like to make sure people weren't working crazy hours. And I was salaried. So, yeah. And I'm such a SAS pants. Like if they were like, can you work five extra hours? I'd be like, sure, but I'm going to take it off from next week or something. Like I'm just, yeah. I like my life better than I like working yeah. for somebody else. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Have you found that when you, when you're in your business because you enjoy it, you want to work more? Do you notice that at all? I do notice that I'm definitely the one we're going to Disney for, for the New Year's. And my husband's like, are you bringing your laptop? I'm like, that's a silly question. You know, I am like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's definitely parts of my business. I'll batch ahead of time. So I'm not, I'm not going to work full time. I'll get up in the morning do my morning routine. 
Yes. I have some events that I've already booked before we booked Disney. So I have to do those. Um, and I host a monthly networking call. So I'm not going to skip that one month because, you know, yeah. I'm near a palm tree. So I mean, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, hey, I'm in an awesome, fabulous place doing this. Okay. Yeah. Well, will you give the layout? So I, I know, I, I want to ask a few things. One, you know, in terms of that six figure goal, you said it a little bit. It's it's where you get to pay yourself the big boy salary, yeah. or we could even say the big girl salary, right? <laughs> well, you know? I always worked for men. So for me, it was yeah. a different mindset. You know, it was, yeah. it wasn't that women can't make six figures because I did. It was just always like a, a male run organization that was, paying, yeah. you know, so that's why I say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I love that because I think it is important to highlight, you know, there is a small percentage of the population of women who make six figures plus. Yeah. And so I think it's really important. One of the things I love to highlight is like, hey, any woman who chooses to make six figures in her business can absolutely 100% do it. You and I are both a testament of that. And so, you know, for you, what what when your goal for next year is to take all of December off, do you have revenue goals that are different or is it more just time freedom goals? Should I show you my post-it? That's oh, funny. yeah, I'd love it. I'd love to see it. <laughs> so it's, it's, not, it's not fancy. I work in post-its. That's my systems. Um, it's 1 million by 45. So I'm okay. 42. Okay. So my thought was if I doubled my set, my income, and I don't even need it to be profit, just revenue. If I double the the number I made this year to next year, it'll be you know 250, then 500, then yeah. 1 million. So that's kind of like what my goal is, is to double my income until I'm 45 or until I make the million. Perfect. Um, and I'm just not sure how to do that. So that's why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, and I'm going to say this first, you don't have to know exactly how, okay. as long as you have the clarity. So, you know, the three-step NFA manifestation formula, number one, you've got to decide with clarity and certainty what you want. Okay. Then you take steps in the direction and then you let the universe bring you the ways. For example, when I went six figures in that first year, I had no clue how it was going to happen. I just knew it was possible. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to, you know, do what I know how to do. I started a podcast and I started doing, putting yeah. myself out there on social media. I started going to networking events and I just, he was like, Hey, I don't know. I see other people doing it. So I know it's possible. Seriously. And so similar, you know, of course there's take strategy and scaling. We, we know that too. Yet I bet it will surprise you how it happens. <laughs> well, I'm excited to see how it happens. Cause yeah. I know what's going to, I feel it in my bones. Like I was Good. meant for this. So I absolutely know it's possible. I think there's some blocks that I'll need to kind of uncover and like, yeah. and so I think the, Right now, I'm not trying to get to a million tomorrow, right? So yeah. I'm trying to, I want to just double what I did. And even if I don't, but shooting for the double will get me closer. Yeah. You know, my a job in sales many years ago, I know that shooting for the stretch usually gets you for the regular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And let, I want to dig into those blocks you were talking about. First, I want to highlight for everyone listening. I really appreciate your your steady approach. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to I want everyone to notice that Miranda has a very steady approach Four years right? Four years to get to six figures. And now the goal is to double. So she's very, str she's strategic and balanced in her mindset, which is really important because what it indicates is that she doesn't have an infatuation with this got to make money big and fast. And that's what creates a stable, long-term scalable business. You know, when, when I hear people come in who are, let's say they're new and they're like, I want to go six figures in my first year, but they don't know anything about business and they aren't even started and they have a ton of fears. I'm like, okay, it's, it's possible. I did it yet. Like you're gonna have to get into some serious action and have some, some rapid transformation, you know, and I go, 
I'm curious for those first three years, you said, so really it's your first third full-time year. Was your revenue close every year? And were you like, were you feeling freaked out about it? Or was it just more like, Hey, I'm growing towards this and I'm okay when it happens. I wasn't freaked out. I was very blessed that over the pandemic, my husband got recruited on LinkedIn (laughs) for for a different organization that, that almost like covered some of my salary. So I was able to take his increase and what I made, and it brought me to my six figures plus what he was making prior. So it worked out financially. And it also gave him kind of the deep breath to say, all right, let's see what she can do. You know, it's not yeah. that I needed his permission, but as a married couple with a family, you kind of need like buy-in from those who. Yeah. Like, well, any of bottom lines, like real bottom lines. Too. And how we pay yeah. our bills, let's be honest. Yeah. That's really what it was. And I'm not skipping Starbucks. So I needed to know. <laughs> It was going to be there. But first year was like 40,000. Like it was crazy. The second year was like closer to 70, 80. This year is over a hundred. So yeah. So I'm kind of doubling it already if you think about it. So I'm already in my head, like it's doable. I already did it. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. It, It's awesome. I mean, to me, that sounds very aligned and like you're really on the right track. Uh, Share step points so I can help you out there. You know, you said you thought there were going to be some step points you needed to work through. What, What do you know that they are already? So I am a do it myselfer. <laughs> Although it's hilarious. So I outsource a few things like my website. Obviously I have a website girl who I'm obsessed with. I've got my Instagram girl. I write my own content, but she'll repurpose it on Instagram and turn it into reels and video and all that stuff. So I do already, and I had a, a VA years ago. So I know what it's like when you partner with people you already feel aligned with to help you grow your business. But I think now I need somebody who works full time for me. Like I okay. think, I'm, I'm more than ready to maybe another VA, maybe a PA. Um, I did tell you earlier, my first hire in my business though, was my cleaning team. <laughs> so I'm not afraid to ask for help or to go get the help or to invest in it. I think I get nervous with um, bringing somebody in to almost do what I'm already doing very well. And it's mm-hmm. not about training them, but it's about, will they think the way I do? Will they catch what I catch? And it, I had a team in corporate, so I know it's it's like, it's a long journey to getting people where you want them. And I almost don't have time for it. <laughs> so yeah. the stuck part is kind of getting over it. I'm not that cool. Bring somebody in who could just make it better, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, I, I think something that's important in delegation is for people to do the drop ad list. I don't know if you've done this before, but you know, it's write down everything you've done in a week. Yeah. And then write down what you love to do, what you don't love to do. Obviously, the don't love to do are going to be the first things to drop, automate, delegate. Right. And then the things you love to do aren't the things don't drop them, right? Like if you yeah. love writing your own content, keep going because that's what's being magnetic for your business. Yeah. Um, yet there are some things, the way I like to think about it is if someone else can come in and do something up to 70 to 80% as well as you, and you can pay them a lot less than you would pay yourself, then it's a great delegation position. That makes sense. Right. And so you want to be thinking, okay, if I brought someone in, you you know, you said it makes you nervous to bring someone in. What I, what I read in the subtext was it's nervous to, you're nervous to bring someone in because they won't do it as good as you do. And it takes a lot of time to train them. So, so some scarcity thinking there. There is. And I've already, I saw it. I've kind of gotten halfway through the fear of it because so my business, half of a big leg of my business is, is creating and managing other organizations and people's LinkedIn's. So they hire me for my, for me, right. My energy, what I bring to the table, my knowledge. If I were to bring somebody else in, 
I mean, I know people have teams. Who cares, right? Like, I'm my I'm sure my two girls have teams too that are helping them out. And yeah. it's not a big deal. I think I am a little stuck on will it not be as like as good because it's not me. So what I kind of thought I would do is have this person I bring in work on my brand, my business, and I would continue to work on my clients. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and so that's interesting. What what streams of income do you have in, it coming in? Of all of them, no, I'm kidding. Probably more than I need, but I I did cut it down a little bit though. So I manage six organizations, LinkedIn pages, and presence. So there's six plus my own two, my personal one and my company one. So that takes time. Um, I'm a speaker and a workshop host and trainer. So I will go to conferences, organizations. You know, different teams will hire me to train them on LinkedIn, how to use it. Uh, great sales, DM, all that stuff. So training and speaking. Okay. And then I do, I have a mastermind for female entrepreneurs. I actually masterminding was the first leg of my business when I started. I was a life coach and I did mastermind. So I feel like the masterminds are just where my heart's at. Um, so I have that. And then I do one-on-one coaching and LinkedIn profile creation and optimization. So those are more one-offs because usually someone will come in and that can afford my services will tell me just to do it all until they become the page manager and I will then create and optimize their pages and profiles anyway. Um, so the biggest, the, literally the six figure business is page management, LinkedIn page management. And okay. then talks and workshops have potential to, to be the next six figure and then yep. coaching can be, you know, close yep. to that yeah, well, and I want to think for you about where scalability is possible, where it's not you putting in more hours, because then you're, it's like, I don't want you to have the mentality to double, I've got to double my time. Right. Obviously, um, that's yeah. not going to be a business you want to create. So thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so so in that, because you're, obvious, you're going to be the speaker trainer, you can't replace yes. that. Um, similar with workshop and mastermind. So the places I see scalability, you know, your mastermind growing is a great place. I yeah. don't know if you, do you think you charge enough for your mastermind? Because sometimes people have stuck points there. Yeah, I definitely don't. Only this one though, which is funny. So I used to charge more. This time around, I did a quick like 10 women, $1,000, three months. Let's just bang till the end of the year kind of thing, right? Okay. And it worked, it was awesome. I think though, as I roll into the new year, because I'm enjoying it, I'll raise the prices. And for anyone else coming in, we'll get the new prices as well. So okay. that's our, I, that I know I need to raise. Okay, my yeah. one-on-ones I think are decent. LinkedIn management is decent. And I would like to make more speaking, but I know that comes in time. I've made as low as 2,500, as much as 10,000. So I get, if I can get more of those 10,000 ones, then I'll be all set. <laughs> yeah, okay. But, and could you, is there a way for you to just eliminate anything less than five or even anything less than 10. And that way you free up time, you know, so it's a challenge yourself. You know, I, I don't do speaking gigs for 10, less than 10 K anymore. And it, it creates in your mind that professionalism. And it also attracts the 10 K people because you just go, Hey, I don't, I don't do $2,500 gigs. Most people will come up and it will cause you to exude a different energy around it. That's true. I said no to a few this year at the 2500 or less mark and okay. it, it felt sassy and i liked it yeah, yeah. <laughs> i didn't like losing it probably could have yeah. been 10 grand total but 
it made space maybe for another LinkedIn page management, which is right. 20 yeah. grand at the end of the year, you know? So it, yeah. Yeah. Well, and think of it this way too. It takes just as much energy to get one speaking gig as it does to get four and you got to get four and the amount of time you put into four versus one. And so you go, Oh, okay. I'm just upping my price. Here's where we go with it and, and see what happens because that is going to free up a lot of your time. Are they generally for those speaking gigs? What's the structure? Is it like a keynote or is it a workshop? So I've done, I do both. So yeah. for the conferences, they're technically like keynotes, but really expressing how valuable LinkedIn is to their organization and what they can do with it. So they're taking notes and I'll do a handout kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I have done smaller groups, workshops where they're actually like re-changing out some of their profile. They're testing out some DM stuff. So I mostly do keynotes that happen to have like a workshop component. Yeah bigger because of the, the audience size is usually bigger. Yeah. Um, the smaller ones I'll do like for sales teams or some or marketing and recruiting teams. Okay. They'll, they'll call me in to do something smaller. Okay. And they're all in person or yeah. okay. Uh, or Zooms, but yeah, most of them are in person. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So I, I, if it were me, I'd be thinking about, okay, how can I create speaking that's 10 K or more and then be shooting for a couple 25 K gigs? I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, it'll really boost your revenue, right? Yes. And, so I, and just it, it's it's kind of like when you quit smoking. Have you read James Clear Atomic Habits? No, I'm reading it now. That's funny. Oh, okay. I love it. Awesome. So he talks about identity transformation, and that's how you really change. So it's like when someone says to you, and you're trying to quit smoking. It, like if they say, do you want a cigarette? You say, I'm trying, no, I'm trying to quit smoking versus yeah. they say hey, to you, do you want to smoke? And you're like, no, I don't smoke. Right. So for you, it's the identity shift is, oh, I don't do, ten, I don't do gigs for $2,500. I charge 10,000 or more. And so just start shifting your identity to that and see what happens so that you can scale there because that's one of the easiest approaches for you. You already have the knowledge to get the speaking gigs. You have the community, you have the network built, you have the, it sounds like all the even worksheets and program belts. So then it's just up leveling your mindset around it and looking for gigs where you could create 10 K to 25 K of value. Right. I think that's where, so when you just said looking for, this, all the stuff comes to me. Like that's I'm not, great. I'm yeah. not trying to be sassy, although I like I, like I definitely create my visibility, my brand to magnetize people, and that's which is awesome. That's really yes. what I train people to do. I don't go out seeking, and I think that may be where I need to change in 2023. Is to yeah, find the big. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and here's how I want you to think about because yes, that is what NFA money is all about is magnetism, right? Yeah. Like I, my, I just wrote a book called I'm a money magnet and I teach law of attraction, money manifestation, you know, and so magnetism is awesome. And you always want to be playing with client attraction and opportunity attraction yet in ways you want to be thinking about how, when you're taking a step to start growing your speaker platform, you're just taking the step, you'll still magnetize the opportunities, but you're being more direct in your approach. And it creates different opportunities, especially if you go out at it with the intention of I'm looking for 10,000 to $25,000 gigs. And you just set your intention and start doing it. I think you'll be shocked what happens very fast. Well, because you are, you are super magnetic. Thanks, Kara. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah, that's. I would start there. I would focus on raising. Do you think it'd be possible to double your price of your mastermind? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so double there, uh, charge more for speaking. Okay, this LinkedIn page management, I want to see. So do you, so you do that yourself? I do. Yeah. Okay, so I would say that's definitely where you could use a team. It, would it be possible to oversee a team? Because yeah. if you can't scale, if you're the only one doing it, you're not going to be able to scale doing more of those. And if those are a good income generator, you said it's around 20000 per 
Yeah, so it's forty five hundred a quarter, so okay. eighteen thousand a year. But I also charge like an onboarding to do their profile and their page design and optimization. Okay, so okay. twenty grand for the year, um, and there is so I don't want to scale to an agency. So there's definitely like how do I? So it's at six figures essentially that part of the business, right? So if I could just keep that steady and bring on someone to maybe create some of the content where I edit and tweak or give yeah. direction. I think that would work yeah. out. Okay. Yeah. So what I would do there, and, and this goes for anyone listening, whenever you have like, let's say one project that's already going pretty well, but that you've been doing it all yourself, what you want to do, just like in time blocking, you want to write down every single thing you do for that project. So so take one of your um, clients uh, that has, for the, the, for the page management, write down every single aspect of that part of, of that project and then start writing down where is possible to delegate. So just write a list next to it where it's like, it absolutely must be you versus it could be delegated out. And then ideally, even if you found someone, and this is what's interesting in delegation where people get scared is even if you found someone who took half of the income Mm -hmm. from the project because they're so good at it, you still then have the opportunity to bring on more projects right? And it frees up a lot of your time. Now you have those projects running smoothly while you're getting 10 to 25k gigs, because it's freeing up so much of your time. Now you see how that starts to get scalable. So you've always got to be thinking, where can I replace myself in a way that keeps my brand? My, you know, you don't want to hurt your brand, of course, and your reputation. So you're, you're hiring a kick ass people who are in it for the long haul. And that's another important thing when you're delegating, you want to remember, you know, I'm not just getting and it doesn't sound like you are, it sounds like you have good, you're, you're good at hiring the right people so pay attention to that right do you you feel like you're good at that yeah i so it's funny i typically will bring on people who um i think i want to bring on people who are like me but i end up bringing Mm. on people who compliment okay more so that's good yeah yeah that's actually absolutely good I need someone who doesn't want to be in the limelight. Like I do, yeah. like, I'm very like, we, I'm in the, I'm in the spotlight. But when I bring in others like that, they don't stay long. Exactly. They go be awesome on their own. And I usually yeah. push them to go be awesome. Yeah. So I need someone who wants to be behind the scenes and to be a supporter. So yeah. that's, yeah, exactly. So the, I love that you said that because that is important. And yeah. especially <laughs> let's say I, you know, I have people in startups sometimes hire, let's say interns or people who are building their resume. That's awesome for the short term and for lower yeah. cost. But you're right. Those people are learning from you so that they can go do their thing. Yeah. And so if you want someone long term on your team play, you want to ask values when you're hiring someone you really want to know. And I always ask when I have people come on, like, check out my website. Why do you why do you want to work with me? What do you like about it listen to some of my episodes like show me why you'd be a good candidate for this and i'm looking for exactly what you're talking about i don't want someone who's coming in and like stealing all the nfa money stuff and then i mean stealing that's a strong word yeah i know learning it all and then going and doing their thing. i love like that's those are my clients that's not who i want to hire in my business my clients are the people who i'm like yeah learn everything you can from me take it and scale your business powerfully the people i delegate to i want them to be all about team nfa money and growing at team nfa money right and yeah. so they're going to be need to balance me out in the ways that I'm, you know, let's say disorganized and chaotic because it's not in my zone of genius. It needs to be their zone of genius to do right. those things. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So I like the Colby assessment, honestly. Yeah. And I'll probably do that with whoever 
gets like closer in the running. I Good. think in January I'll put out a job. I already have like a list of things I need them to do. So I know it's coming. Like the first time I made that list, there was something I had to do, like make a podcast sheet and I didn't want to make a podcast sheet. It's been on my to-do list for months. Yeah. And even my That's website funny. girl's like, I'll just do it for you. And I'm like, no, I'll do it. I'll uh, do it. Isn't that funny? Okay. Those are the things to delegate, <laughs> yeah. right? Anything that you notice yourself hesitating on, procrastinating. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, on my calendar, I have, you know, I have events that are concrete in the calendar. Then I have tasks and reminders. And you'll, I'll notice the ones that keep getting moved to the end of the week. And I'm like, okay, these are the things I got to delegate. And I love to use that system that way to go, I don't, I'm not into doing this. I got to find someone to delegate this to because I am not doing it. Yeah. I don't enjoy it. And so it's not going to happen, which is going to cause kinks in your scalability. And so pay attention to those things yeah. for sure throughout the year. Yeah. I was thinking too for scaling because, because I don't want to be an agency. How can I make more of me? And my instinct was like, oh, I should do some online courses or like do the podcast to attract more people. And those are big projects for me. Like I'm already in the middle of writing a book that I said would be out in January, which I don't think it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I would love to put out like an evergreen online course just on like LinkedIn in general, because maybe people can't afford, you know, $4,500, $5,000 for a LinkedIn Um but they will pay, you know, 400 bucks to get my energy on camera and my worksheets, yeah. you know, so that's that people, you know, I used to buy courses all the time. So, yeah, I'm yeah, I, ag I agree with you. And I look at like everything you have already going on and mm -hmm. I, you know, I want you to keep in mind scalability. Yeah. If, if you're going to do something like that, then I'd go, I would be looking at my, my revenue in each category for the year. And then I would look at what can I either drop or massively shift to spend time on that for this upcoming year. Or and once you get really good at delegating those, um, the LinkedIn page management and it frees up some time, then work on coursework. But just yeah. be careful of scattering yourself too thin. I always tell, especially pre six figure entrepreneurs, I tell them narrow your focus to expand your freedom. And I tell them they can only have one program to get to yeah. six figures because it, you see, like you can get there in one year. I got there in one year because I did one program. That was right. it. Right. And it was like narrow focus, narrow focus, just sell this, just sell this. It was very clear. It was easy to do. You'll I'm, I have no doubt you'll scale to a million dollars. It just might take you longer if you have too many things going on. That's true. And you'll you'll be spread really thin. I thought my thought was that it would just it would make money while I'm doing other things. But I know you never think of the work that comes. Yes. With yes. Creating it, but the customer service, the the collections or whatever, like all the yeah. little things that come after I think yeah. you're me of that. <laughs> what, I what I would do if you are going to do it, I would say do a poll with your network first mm -hmm. and see if you already have people who would be interested in buying it yeah. and at what level to then decide is this worth it at the beginning? Because here's the reality to build and scale a course that sells to a level that's going to be worth it, you got to have a pretty big network. Or yeah. a way to run ads effectively to get people in, which means the nurture system needs to be good to get them to convert to buy it. So you got to yeah. think about all those things before you create it. Because I think a lot of people have that dream of like, I'm going to make money while I sleep with an online course. But you've got to have a lot of systems in place and a lot of traction and be really damn good at copy and have enough people to buy it. Then, yeah, absolutely yeah. doable. It's just not the first way I would do it. Yeah. You know, and I would make sure you have a lot of delegation stuff going on before you add another thing to your business. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. So, it, and so yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I agree with you. Passive streams of income are important. I yeah. think if it were me in your position and with what you already have created, I would up the speaking first because it's the highest dollar, easiest payout. And then I would use that money to delegate some of the LinkedIn page um, management. And I would start to build up more of that, double my mastermind, build that in 2023. And then next, the, the following year, go like, okay, now how can I create a course over the course of the year, something along those lines, you know, in the zone of manifestation roadmap. So for anyone listening, when you go back to episode number three, it's the zone of manifestation business scaling roadmap. And there's four zones. The first is manic imposter zone. Miranda's definitely not there. You know, that's (laughs) typically startup phase when you're like, oh my God, I'm so excited. And I have no clue what I'm doing. Number two is the over deliver and undercharge zone. Um, this is where most people are stuck before they break through to six figures. Then we go into zone three, the value yourself more zone. I definitely see you there and big time in zone four as well, which is zone of manifestation. Zone of manifestation is where everything's flowing. You're charging what you're worth. You're hitting your revenue goals. Things are coming to you easily and it's really scalable. So I totally see you between those three, the three and four, just don't get stuck with the, with the over delivering and undercharging part. Like a lot of people, I think as entrepreneurs, because we're creatives, Mm -hmm. we love to create and, and it's fun and it's exciting, especially to create something new. And then we go, Oh crap, I have seven things out there (laughs) and I'm frazzled. Right. And so I could see you falling into that trap if you're not careful. So just, Stay focused, stay focused, stay focused. Always remember, uh, you know, in my book, uh, one of the after mantras is narrow your focus to expand your freedom. Mm -hmm. So it's always I narrow my focus to expand my freedom. How can you narrow your focus to expand your freedom? So if you are great at this year, you get really good at delegating and you delegate stuff off your plate and then you go like now I've created time to create a course. Now I add the passive stream of income. I finish my book and, and I start focusing in that direction. Awesome. Just don't don't do it. to And unless you're you know, I would say. Don't get yourself into a position where you're frazzled. Yeah. I think delegate may need to be my word for the year. Yes. Yes. <laughs> definitely. Delegate and up-level prices. Yeah, definitely in the speaking and mastermind area. That The mastermind was such a fluke. It normally isn't that cheap anyway. I, just have, I took a break from masterminds for a while, and I thought just to get yeah. 10 women quick, it was yeah. super easy. Um, yeah. Just get them in, get the testimonials, and then... Yeah. So the next time I wasn't even sure I would do another one, but this one's going so well. And I'm really, yeah. I forgot how much I loved it. So. Here, here's a fun idea. Oh, this is, oh, I just came up with the idea for you. Okay. This is it. what you could do. You could, you could double the price of the mastermind, mm-hmm. get 20 women in there, or is it, you work with women or men and women? Yeah, women. Okay. So get 20 women in there, record it, get their permission, and then use that as the course. Oh, yeah. So that you have a double and I've done that before, too. Like yeah. I've recorded workshops and then do them as paid for DIY courses. That's so true. So th- that's funny that you say that because that was I just gave that advice to someone like just record your webinar. You're doing all these webinars. Why aren't you recording yeah. it and selling it for like twenty nine bucks? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So then structured in your mind, okay, I'm going to create this as a course. So before you create the next round of mastermind, think of it from that perspective. Mm -hmm. And then, then you have all the work done already and you're making money to create the course. And then you have an evergreen course. Yeah. I love that. Who doesn't want to make money while they're. Yeah, exactly. Make money while you're making money. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I love it. Okay. Awesome. This has been amazing. Uh, What's, what's one key takeaway, one action step you're going to implement after our biz breakdown session today. Just the one? Are you kidding? Okay. <laughs> so I'm definitely going to now 
claim that I am a $10,000 speaker. So no more of the little chump change. Um, so sorry to anybody who wanted to hire me before. <laughs> Get your budget up. Um, so I'm definitely going to do that. And then I'm, I'm going to um, start to figure out how to record like the masterminds and stuff like that so I can turn those into something. Because if I keep obsessing over wanting residual or extra income while I sleep kind of thing, like it will take away yes. for other stuff. So I have to kind of check that box, yeah. even if it's something, you know, low tech, like just recording my webinars. Yeah. Oh, I want you. Yes. I want you to implant this in your mind and everyone here, some of the best courses I've ever taken and created exactly that it's recorded. It's on zoom. It's not high tech. People yeah. care about the information. They don't care about the high tech part of it. I mean, I've taken some courses where I have gotten so much of it and literally it's just someone sitting at their desk. It's yeah. like decent lighting exactly in the setting you're in right now. Great. Yeah. Like yeah. you don't need to do anything more than that. It's more about the deliverables that they right. get and what they, you know, what you're, and you know this. And yeah. so just, yeah, that's a, I think that's a great way to I go. often think that about my keynotes too. Like, I do a lot of uh, LinkedIn personal branding and self-leadership. Those are my main keynotes, the three yep. leaders I speak in. And every time I'm like, well, that should have just been recorded yeah. so I could turn that into a course because you yeah. have the crowd, the audience, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, great. I'm glad you came up with that. So here's another <laughs> thing you could do. Pay for a videographer to come to an event. Just get the permission of the people who are running, who are paying you to do the workshop. Have the videographer do the entire event. Turn that into a course. Yep. I have a gentleman who's working on a speaker's reel for me too. I think that will help me to visually yep. outwardly be the 10k speaker. I'll put that yep. on my website. And then I think that will elevate the, the proof, social proof that I am a 10k speaker. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. That's awesome. And then I'll go back and get testimonials from all of the people that you've done yep. workshops with and make sure you add that and just have a speaker page, sizzle reel, three to five minutes. And then start promoting yourself in that way. And you can even have a VA who does the speaker outreach for you. I've got a ton of great resources if you're into that. I'll, I'll put a couple of resources. After this, I always give people who come on a, a spreadsheet with resources. So I'll put a few links to you for speaker organizations that you could reach out to and start you know, doing the more interactive and direct strategy instead of just letting people come to you. Yes. Time to go out. Yes. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Remind people where they can find you because she is the LinkedIn master of awesomeness. <laughs> I am. So LinkedIn is where you're going to find me. I live there. I swear that's my address. So go to LinkedIn.com and just search Miranda Von Fricken, or you can search LinkedIn awesomeness. You'll get my company page, which will lead you to me. I'm also on Instagram at Miranda Von Fricken, um, but LinkedIn is where you're going to want to play first. <laughs> awesome. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you so much for being here. It was great. Really fun conversation. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad we came up with some fun ideas for scalability for you to at least double, double or more this year in 2023. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Thanks for being here, everyone. I'll see you again next time. Don't forget if you're into this conversation and you want to come on for a biz breakdown session, just go to the woman entrepreneur podcast.com and you'll see a link that says, get your biz breakdown session. Click on it. Enroll. We'll have a similar conversation to the one we had today. You can see it's super easy, fun, flowing, brainstorming, and you get to promote your business to our audience, which we're now a top 5% global podcast. So you get lots of cool exposure. So come on the show. And until next time, I'm sending you big hugs and NFA money making high fives. 
Hey friends, just a quick reminder that I'm looking for women entrepreneurs who want to do a biz breakdown session with me on this show, just like the one that you heard on today's episode. Think of this as a zone of manifestation audit to help you scale your business and make money more easily. During our recorded session, you'll get free money coaching from me with clear action steps that will help you scale your business more easily. And of course, as a guest on the show, you'll be able to promote your business and get some extra exposure. I'm doing this on a first come, first serve basis. So head on over to www.bewomanentrepreneurpodcast.com and sign up for your biz breakdown session today.